Asante Samuel Jr. showed the type of ball hawk he could be with three interceptions in the Chargers playoff game against the Jaguars, and if he can keep it up in 2023, he could shoot himself into NFL stardom. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the team together for seven seasons now. But there's a, this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. And today we're talking about leaps, David. And a lot of people talk about players making leaps and, you know, players having a breakout season. But I think there's different levels to it. And today we're kind of getting into all ends of the spectrum, talking about some guys who we could definitely see make a big time leap going into 2023. Someone like Asante Samuel Jr. showing that takeaway prowess. I think Zion Johnson could be set up for a big second season as well if he can work out some of those rookie issues that he had. And then there's the guys who have already made leaps. Joshua Kelly, Josh Palmer, guys who much were much improved in 2022. Can they make another leap? Is there more that they can get to? And then there's the unlikely dark horses like, JT Woods, Isaiah Spiller, because if those guys can really find a way to be contributors, then that changes the way you look at those position groups and definitely the Chargers depth at this point. But let's start with the exciting one. Let's start with the sexy one. And that is Asante Samuel Jr. Because you can be, you know, a big time name as a corner, especially if you get a lot of interceptions, right? Trayvon Diggs found this out, what, you know, 10, 11 interceptions his second season, shot himself up and they kind of went back down to earth. Well, Asante Samuel Jr. showed some of that in that playoff game. Three interceptions, showed the instincts. And he's a guy, David, where especially since you saw him play 17 games, right? You've seen, you saw his tackling improve, even though he had a bad miss in that game, where it's like it's not inconceivable we could see him take another step and he can kind of be the really ball-hawking force on the Chargers defense. Absolutely. I mean, that performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs was fantastic getting three interceptions those are the type of performances that could give you all the confidence in the world going forward especially for a young player getting that chance on the big stage to really show out and introduce himself to the rest of the nfl that is the type of moment right there that could really turn asante samuel jr from a prospect into a star yeah, and I mean, I, he's been good, right? Like his rookie year, he had the two concussions and he came back. He wasn't quite the same, right? Last year, you saw him play the entire season and there was ups and downs for sure. He had some yeah. bad games and also had some really good games. I mean, it was against pretty bad quarterbacks for the most part. But like during that four game winning streak, the Chargers had when the whole defense was playing well, like in those four games, he gave up 33 yards, right? Like <laughs> he also in, the, you know, now two seasons, four interceptions for him. But then if you're counting that playoff game, like seven interceptions in two seasons sounds, sounds a, lot a whole better lot better than that, you know. Yeah. But like one of the things that we've seen him do is kind of really lean into, first of all, being able to tackle, right? I mean, that's yeah. something that improved from year one to year two a little bit, even though he had that bad moment we'll get to. But the other thing is just trusting his instincts and going and make plays on the football, maybe leaving his own a little bit to go make a play and where some of the, you know, where there's something he sees developing before it happens that's what we saw in that playoff game and that's the thing is that if he fully leans into that if he can get that confidence like you're talking about I mean that's going to be putting up kind of eye-popping numbers potentially if he figures it out 
Yes. And I mean, like you said, interceptions in this business are fantastic and they really get you paid a lot of money. And a guy going into his third year of the fourth year of his contract, I mean, the more interceptions he racks up, the better it's going to be for his pockets. You know, I mean, that's that's the big stat that everybody talks about. But I think the, the one thing you talked about just briefly was the tackling. The tackling is going to make you much more important in the Brandon Staley defense because of how much stress they put on those cornerbacks to tackle on the outside, cutting his missed tackles down from 11 to six from his rookie season to this past season here. That right there is one of the most encouraging things about Asante Samuel Jr. You pair that amazing ball skills ability to the tackling ability, and then you're turning into a more complete corner at the NFL level. When he's undersized, so it's always going yeah. to be somewhat of an issue, right? The want-to has never really been a problem. But at the same time, I mean, being able to be a good run defender is something he just wasn't in 2022. And that's a place where he has a lot of room to improve because being a good run defender doesn't always have to do with tackling. Yes, you have right. to be a good tackler. But the other thing is, if you're running yourself into a block and not keeping contain, that's bad run defense and potentially yeah. not a missed tackle, right? And we saw a right. lot of plays break on the perimeter, and he wasn't the only problem by any means. But what I want to get into with these leaps that we're going to talk about, you know, guys making a second leap and, you know, unlikely leap is just what could get in the way of that. And for me, with Asante Sima Jr., there's two things, right? The poor tackling. If the tackling can't get better and more teams want to just isolate him like they did in fourth and one in the Jaguars game, right, to really finish that comeback, that's going to be a big problem. And the other thing is, is being risky has its downside, right? We also saw him not be able to make that tackle and also get beat on a double move for a touchdown, as it seemed like in that game as well. So, like, the way it, you know, doesn't happen is just those risks don't work out, right? And he just starts getting beat more and more because he keeps taking those risks. But it's a, one of those things we were talking about. Like, it's hard to gauge that because obviously what made him special in the first half of that game was him going full out with his instincts and being able to put himself where the ball was going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Asante is, are you going to get Dr. Jekyll or are you going to get Mr. Hyde? And are the Chargers coaching staff going to be able to reel that in a little bit more and have, you know, kind of have him take those chances a little bit less because, hey, give up, gave up six touchdowns this season. And I mean, that that's because some of those times where he took a chance, did not work out yeah. and he got burned. And so you got to kind of get rein that in a little bit without trying to take away what makes Asante special, that swagger, that aggressiveness that he plays with, that's going to be, you know, a situation where they're going to have to walk a pretty fine line. And it's intoxicating, I'm sure. You know, dudes oh, yeah. get paid for taking the ball away. I'm sure yeah. that's going to be something that, you know, it's hard to kind of resist the temptation to want to jump around, you know, and not get beat on those double moves and things like that. But, I mean, I think you saw, hey, something we haven't really ever seen from Michael Davis. Michael Davis played better than him down the stretch. At the same yep. time, being able to get interceptions and being a ball hawk and not just breaking up passes, it's not something we haven't seen from Michael Davis at this point. And I think Asante just has a very natural feel, very natural reader of the football when it's in yeah. the air, right? Has pretty good hands for the most part, even though we saw him drop a couple last year too. But yeah. Zion Johnson, I'd put it in the same category as someone I think it's very likely he could have a big leap. I think guard's a very hard position to play in the NFL and come into as a rookie, but I think especially with the dominant stretches we saw from him as a run blocker. I think, you know, with the improvements he made as a pass blocker, like he's one of my prime candidates to be much better, even though it might be harder to tell because he's not offensive lineman. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. And I think one thing, especially for Zion, that was a little bit unfair was that 
that you had the Chargers selecting Rashawn Slater the year before, sure. and he plays at an all pro level. And those that those expectations being that next first round offensive lineman that the Chargers take was probably a little bit unfair uh, to Zion Johnson. And 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 I think the reason why I'm encouraged with Zion are three things: the technique is fantastic. The intelligence is clearly there. He's a very, very smart player. He learned from his mistakes. He did not make those same mistakes again. And the brute strength. He had that ability to just road grade people, run people over. And so I think those are three reasons why I am very encouraged with Zion Johnson and why I feel like after a full season of NFL experience, he's going to go to work this offseason, come back a much, much more productive, much more confident player. Yeah, and there's just certain things you can't teach, right? Like, I mean, against, you know, the Colts, he took picked up DeForest Buckner and, like, literally just moved him out of the way for a goal line <laughs> touchdown. Like, yes. a, a dude who's gigantic, you know? So, like, he it's has some intangibles freak. where it's, like, he's not just, you know, intelligent. Like, he plays the physical role as well, too. I mean, yes. that wasn't the problem. If he was getting blown up and running and run blocking, I'd be more concerned. Right. The finesse of pass blocking is going to take some time. And then you also factor in the fact, you know, Part of the reason I think it, you know, what could stop him next year, right, was just the turnstile at right tackle with Trey yeah. Pipkins in and out and having Foster Cerro and Storm Norton next to him and Corey Lindsley getting banged up and having to leave some games and miss some games as well, right? So, oh, like, sure. he had, so, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for him to build some chemistry with the guys he was out there playing with. And I think that really, really hurts you as a rookie. And I think what we saw, you know, with Rashawn Slater was with how good Matt Filer was, that really, really helped him, his rookie yeah, season too. And he's just a freak. I mean, he's a unicorn. And, and tackle and guard are obviously a, a different position, but I do think that Zion Johnson has everything it takes to really be, you know, a top 10 guard in this league, really be, you know, in the upper echelon of off offensive linemen in this league and be protecting Justin Herbert, hopefully for a long time. But there were also players, Dave, we saw who kind of take last off season and come back looking like different players. I think Josh Kelly is the first one that comes to mind, just physically looked like much more explosive and Josh Palmer thrust into a role. We didn't necessarily see him being thrust into wide receiver two for most of the year comes up and doubles his production from his rookie season. Right. Can those guys take another step? Is there another leap to be made from those guys? When you take in the fact that, Hey guys could get drafted their positions, but they do have a new offensive coordinator. Maybe he has a new vision for him. So we're going to talk about if those guys can take that next step and become even bigger factors in the chargers offense coming up after this. But we talked about the unicorn of left tackles. Now I'm going to talk about the unicorn of protein bars, and I'm talking about Bilt Bar. And the reason it's a unicorn is because it's very, very rare that you find something that fits on your diet and also tastes like a candy bar. It's not supposed to happen. We didn't think the science was there yet, but I'm here to tell you those problems are over. Because with Bilt Bar, you're getting something that tastes great, and you're also getting something that fits on your diet and is good for you as well. And it's 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. But for me, the difference is, the flavors that you get with Bill Barn. We're talking about flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. Those aren't things you're allowed to eat on your diet, right? And double chocolate, coconut puffs, cookies and cream. Those are candy bar flavors. So get something that tastes like a candy bar, but also most bars have only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein in them. So many flavors to choose from. If you get the boxes, you can you will find one that you like. You will find your favorite flavor, and now you can find them at Walmart and pick up a four-bar box there. Or you can go to Sam's Club and pick up a 13-bar box and really get that value and just get as many as you can because you're going to run out, then you're going to be upset. If you want to do it online, though, and since you listen to this show, you can save some money. You can go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKEDON15, all caps, and you'll get 15% off your next order. 
All right. Well, I do think those guys we talked about before, you can really see it, right? You see it, it, it wouldn't take much imagination to kind of see how those guys take the next step and, and kind of maybe turn themselves into kind of premier players at their position in the NFL. Other guys, it's not that clear cut, right? And I think with the guys who already kind of have made that leap, it's a little bit harder to see it. And I think Josh Palmer fits in great with this because obviously from year one to year two, he came in and he produced at a high level. The guys he was producing for when they were out, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, those are very big shoes to fill. But I mean, just when you're looking at it, David, I mean, there's no comparison between the production that Josh Palmer had in 2021 that he did in 2022. Like he literally doubled everything basically except for his touchdowns, right? But like, can he take the next step after that? Can he become a bigger part of the offense? That's what we have to see. And I think there are some reasons to think he could. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, he can. <laughs> the one thing with Josh Palmer that I've really liked, I mean, from his rookie season is that he is a route technician. I mean, he is a guy that runs very, very crisp routes, has very strong hands. And I think we saw that again this past season. I mean, you, you, you said he doubled his production, went up to 72 receptions, 768 receiving yards and 10.7 yards per catch. So, I mean, he he's very reliable. He's running good, solid routes. And the one thing with Josh Palmer is that he has a couple of really, really good people to model his game after. He is one of the best route technicians in the NFL and Keenan Allen to learn from and one of the best jump ball wide receivers in the NFL and Mike Williams to kind of take their their skill sets and try to incorporate it into what he is capable of doing. And I think the nice thing about Josh Palmer is I think, you know, he can't replicate either of those guys exactly but i think if you lose either of those guys he can do some of the things they do well right. for you right I, I mean last year he never really turned into that go-to guy in big moments like you thought he might especially with the way the 2021 season ended and him being you know that guy with the game season on the line yeah in a fourth and 24 or whatever that was but like crazy Still, I mean, it, it, I think we just held him to a, you know, a, a too high of a standard. I mean, we all thought, hey, this is a guy who could definitely take a leap last year, and he rightfully did. I mean, yeah. it was kind of interesting that he had more touchdowns in 2021 than he did in 2022, right? I wasn't expecting that, but at the same no. time, it, he he was a more consistent player. He probably had the best hands on the Chargers, most consistent hands on the Chargers all season. And yeah. I think that you the where you can see it, this is how it happens, right? He becomes more of a red zone threat. That's one oh, way yeah. that you could see him kind of take that next step, right? Being more, you know, reliable and productive there and being more of a deep threat. I, and I think it's more him and Justin Herbert kind of getting on the same page there because we've seen times with him separating. It's not like he's getting crazy separation all the time on deep throw or, you know, routes or anything like that. He's not. But there have been times where he's been open and Justin Herbert just missed him. It just doesn't seem like that connection is there on those specific passes, right? So I think that's part of it. And yeah, I think what you have to hope if you're thinking he's going to take that next step is that Kelwin Moore has a different vision for him. At the same time, there's reasons also why you don't think he would take the next step this year. And, and some of it has nothing to do with him, right? Like one of the yeah. reasons you think he could do it is because between me and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, he might be able to have to step into a bigger role at some point with their injury history. That's a good possibility that he's going to have to play more than you think. Yeah. But what if they play every game? Right. Right. What if the Chargers take a wide receiver in round one and that fits better with Mike and Keenan? Because Josh Palmer's never really fit stylistically with all three of them on the field at the same time. So as much as it's like, hey, there's a chance he gets better, there's also things you could easily see getting in the way of that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like as long as Keenan Allen is healthy and he is on the team, 
Uh, well, you know, he, he, him and Josh Palmer are kind of similar in the way they play the game. And it almost feels like Josh Palmer is kind of that heir apparent, you know, if and when the time comes that Keenan Allen is no longer here, you could see Josh Palmer step into that role. But I think one of the biggest reasons why is going to eat into his ability to take that next leap next season is that I feel pretty confident that the chargers are going to bring in a speed receiver and that is going to eat into his opportunities, eat into his touches. So he's going to have to really maximize all the chances that he's going to get, because I do feel like they are going to be greatly reduced next season. Right. And it's, can he be more efficient? Cause that's the only way in that scenario that exactly. he has a better season is to be much more efficient, you know, with the, the snaps that he gets because he couldn't replace Keenan Allen last right. year. He tried to, couldn't do yeah. it. Couldn't yeah. be that guy in, in big third downs consistently, right? Like Keenan Allen is, or to get that kind of separation just didn't. So it, it's interesting, you know, but I think Josh Kelly, on the other hand, right? Yes, they could take a running back and that changes things potentially, but he carved out his role as running back to you last season. And I think, the reason to think he can make another leap is, first of all, we just saw it, right? The, the commitment he made to improving himself in the offseason before last season obviously showed up. He looked much more explosive. And with Kellen Moore, we know he's going to use two running backs extensively, right? So like Josh Kelly, it's easy to see the vision that even though he had a much better season, only season he's ever averaged more than four yards a carry last season, most efficient season by far, that he could, you know, maybe even be in for a little bit more. Definitely. I, I think after seeing the results of last season that he got from rededicating himself and really getting his body in great peak physical condition and really going out there and saying, hey, I'm going to give everything I can to being the best running back I can be. You saw that translate. I mean, the numbers back that up over four yards to carry average 2.83 yards after contact per attempt, which is fantastic. Like he was not breaking tackles like that in his rookie season. He definitely did last year, um, which was and also in six explosive runs of 10 plus yards or more. I mean, that's part of that game that we did not see. And I think in this Kellen Moore offense, he is going to get a an abundance of opportunities to continue to build off of the success that he had last season. You'd have to think, I mean, playing in four more games than he did last year would obviously help. And yes. I think if you're looking at what could get in the way of it, right? Obviously, maybe he regresses, right? Comes back sure. in, doesn't look as explosive and as good as he did last year or gets hampered by injuries, which makes it kind of harder for him to show that. There's lots of things there. But I think the other thing is, too, is what if he's going into this training camp as kind of a battle for RB2? Is he going to be given that role under Kellen Moore, right? Will Isaiah Spiller get a shot? Will the Chargers bring in a running back in the draft? Especially, like, yeah. you know, obviously, if, if John Robinson gets drafted in the first round, I don't know where Josh Kelly fits into that situation, assuming yeah. that Austin Eckler is on the field, right? Because Kellen Moore did use two running backs and used, you know, four or five running backs, but like two of those guys got the lion's share of the carries, oh, yeah. right? So, like, it's hard to imagine three running backs who are going to have a gigantic impact in the Chargers offense. Does Isaiah Spiller have a chance? Because I think that's one of the things that would obviously get in the way for Josh Kelly. Last year, it wasn't close. Isaiah Spiller couldn't get on the field, and Josh Kelly yeah. was a big part of that, right? Yep. And that's why it's going to be interesting, because as much as you think Josh Kelly could break out, it's like the reason you think Isaiah Spiller could break out is because we haven't seen it, right? There's so yeah. much you know unknown there, which could go either way, right? But like you want to see it more. And that, to me, he's one of those guys that's like, he's going to have to earn it in training camp. That's one of the things that could stop him from making a leap. But I do think there are a couple unlikely players who could make leaps in 2023 that we're not thinking are going to right now. 
like Isaiah Spiller? What if JT Woods figures out how to tackle? There's a lot of things, and I think if those guys can do that, it changes the entire way you look at the roster depth and also how you're feeling about the strength of those position groups. So we're going to get into that right after this. Well, I guess we should continue with the running back talk here with Isaiah Spiller because I think there's a lot of things that apply to both him and Joshua Kelly. I mean, I think as far as the running back position, like where you could see the most excitement at that position, assuming the roster stays pretty much the same, is for Isaiah Spiller to kind of have a breakout season, is to see a lot more of Isaiah Spiller. And he looks more like the answer. He looks more like the running back of the future, David. And I think that's why he makes himself into this you know, conversation is, Josh Kelly, we've already seen make the leap. Can Isaiah Spiller make a leap from year one to year two, right? We've seen him, you know, trying to get more explosive, working out, doing some other offseason things. That's a big question going into this year. Yeah, I mean, considering he only got 30 touches last season, it seems like anything would be a leap for him. Not, not even 30 touches, right? I mean, 18 attempts, three three catches, so 21 times he touched well, the I mean, ball 30 snaps. Season. Yeah, sorry, 30 snaps. He had 30 total snaps all of last season. He was only active for about five games. His best game was against the Atlanta Falcons, where he had seven seven carries for 29 yards. Uh, which was really the extent of the amount of work that he got last season. And I yeah. think there was a couple things that went into that. I mean, he struggled to get on the field. He was re- recovering <clears throat> from that injury. Um, the, the foot injury was still hampering him. Also, you know, when, with a quarterback that was you know nursing a, ha- a rib injury, you couldn't really afford to put a running back on the field that you didn't quite trust in pass protection. So it was one of the other things that took a while for him to kind of gain that trust and it just didn't really ever materialize. So opportunities is going to be the biggest name of the game for Isaiah Spiller. And he should be very motivated to see what the potential is. If he does dedicate himself to getting on the field, because he just saw what that did for Josh Kelly. If he does that same thing, he could see that get some positive results for him next season as well. Yeah, and it's probably unfair to expect him to have, you know, at least a body transformation like that, right? Right. I mean, that's, you know, you don't know what these dudes are doing or, you know, to what extent they can. I mean, I think explosiveness is not, I wasn't a big part of Isaiah Spiller's game coming out, right? I think where his bread was buttered was, you know, having pretty good vision, being able to make the most out of carries in the SEC, right? And being able to get an extra three or four yards by finding a hole to sliver through or keeping his legs turning. Those are all things he did pretty well in college right i think one of the biggest things for isaiah spiller david is he you know right now has a fresh start under kellen Mm. moore so like whatever bad happened last year like he can pretty much wipe the slate clean there like i have to think going into this year he's at least you know in the conversation for snaps like i have to think as a fourth round pick they're going to want to be seeing more of him but like he also feels like he's a running back basically taken in any round of the draft away from kind of falling off the earth altogether. Yeah. And the chargers have a track record of drafting running backs as they have done it the last three drafts. So it is not inconceivable to think that they are going to try to do that again. And because well, none of those three guys that they've drafted have obviously shown that they're the long-term answer, right? Like, I mean, that's Josh right. Kelly is going into year four right now. Are you going to give him mm-hmm. a contract extension after what you've seen so far? 
Like, yeah, you, you how can you feel good about any of those guys at this point? And including Larry Roundtree into this conversation as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, Kellen Moore has to come in here with the agenda of improving this ru- rushing offense because it was one of the worst in the league last year. I mean, you they, they said that they want to get more balanced. They said they want to be able to run the ball more efficiently. And we've seen what all, most of the running backs on this roster are capable of but we have not really seen was what Isaiah Spiller is is capable of. And so with him being under Kellen Moore and having that fresh, clean slate, he has a real opportunity to show what he can do and try to carve out a role for himself this season. It doesn't seem like it's impossible. I, I think no. that uh, the the problem is is the small sample size we saw wasn't good, right? right. I mean, even in the preseason training camp, it's not like we really got to yeah, see. Nothing spectacular. No, no. I mean, it just – we don't know if that level of athleticism, right, if his game translates into the NFL at this point. He has yeah. not got a chance to show it. So it's unfair to say he doesn't. But there's right. also not much to make you feel good about it either. I mean, he was a good player coming out of college. Not all college running backs, especially his fourth-round picks, translate. But right. I do think there's a chance that he can show it. And I think with Kellen Moore at the helm, he's going to have a guy where it's like, Kellen Moore is going to want to put the best people or the people who fit best into his defense on, or offense on the field, right? So, like, yeah. That's all I can ask for. And if it doesn't happen for Isaiah Spiller, it's because a running back gets drafted and beats him out. Or just he goes into this training camp and f- can't find a way to earn these snaps because I think we can all say going into it, he has to earn them. Nothing was earned for him in 2022. He has an uphill battle. I'm hoping we can do it. I hope we can see, you know, one of the best SEC rushers in college, and I hope we can see that translate at the NFL level because I do yeah. think there's some things, I mean, especially as a pass catcher, he's always been a really, really good pass catcher. He has some skills that I think, you know, they can definitely work with. Can he be special, right? Can he be, you know, a, a really good runner? Josh Kelly was the best runner of the football last season. It wasn't Austin Eckler. So, like, we could see that happen again, potentially with Isaiah Spiller. It's just so hard to say at this point, but also why he's kind of a dark horse to make a leap this year. But let's talk about JT Woods, because talking about dark horse candidates, right, he would definitely be one of them, because what we did see from him, 30 defensive snaps, Two tackles, two missed tackles, right? That's the hard thing. But if you're looking as to, you know, if we're trying to find the positives, we're trying to make the unlikely case that JT Woods can become a contributor on this defense, it starts with this. He's a crazy athlete for the position. He has the, you know, range to make plays on the football. He actually does shoot downhill quickly when he decides to go and, you know, get involved in the running game. So I think if you're trying to find the silver linings of JT Woods at this point, you have to start there because he's a guy who was a total non-factor as a third-round pick last year. Yeah, and the ball skills. I think that's the thing that gets you really excited about JT Woods is the ability to cover a lot of ground and be able to get that ball back for you on on offense. So, I mean, that's something that we know is in there. We saw it in the preseason at least. Um, but yeah, we, we know the reason he also why. tackled his home player off of making a tackle in the preseason for a, a 60 plus yard touchdown too. So hence my next point, I mean, is, I think leading, you know, college football and interceptions, his last season was probably, you know, where you go with that because we've seen yeah, him do it there. Exactly. So we know that it's, it's in there. We know that the ability is there, but we also know why he was not trusted to be put on the football field because, you know, at that free safety position, when you're you know going to be in a position to be that last line of defense defender and you struggle with making tackles and with kind of taking the right angles, it's kind of hard to gain the trust to get on the field to be able to make an impact. So that's why we, we didn't really see it with JT Woods. And from what we've seen, that's been an issue 
throughout his college career. And it's just hard to think that he's going to be able to make that correction and make that change here at the NFL level. And that's the thing is I'm not here to say, you know, JT Woods is going to turn it around and be a great player and, you know, step into a starting role next to Derwin James and be that ball hawking free safety. The Chargers thought they had with Nazir Adderley, who at this point seems very unlikely to re-sign with the team, which leaves you with Derwin James, Alohi Gilman and JT Woods, right? We'll see what kind of, you know, they put Raheem Lane on the field last year before they would put JT Woods. That's an undrafted free agent over, you know, and the thing is, is like, I can't blame them because if you can't tackle, you can't be there. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, bad tackling for his position. Like, it was just like some of the worst tackling I've ever seen. And, and the yeah. problem is, is when it happens, you know, it, it's a hard thing to think is going to happen at the next level if you're not doing it well at the collegiate level tackling. Right. Because the dudes only get bigger. They only get stronger. They only get faster. <laughs> you know, yeah. like those things don't get easier at the next level. The way this doesn't happen is if he can't go and put on some functional weight and strength. Right. Right. That's how it he happens. Definitely needs to if he that. can't figure out how to tackle it, I just don't see it. Like you'd be out of the league quick because guess what you can't do on if just as a special teams player too. Can't not yeah. be able to tackle because as a special teams player, like the dude's freakishly fast, four three speed, right? Yeah. He would be a gunner, you know, you would think if he could tackle at all. And instead he got that even kind of taken away from him by Dean Leonard, who was a yeah. seventh round pick last year. Also, you know, there's lots of fast guys that play corner that can go down and make tackles, and he just wasn't able to consistently do that but it would change the entire outlook of that safety position. If he could, (laughs) you know, like it's easy to, to see. So like he, he has the ability, he, you know, has some things that he can do at an above average level, where I think he could do at an above average level at the NFL level, you know, with the speed, with the takeaway abilities, but like all those things are good. Unless you're so bad at one thing that you're just a total liability to put on the field. Hopefully we see him with kind of a body transformation. Hopefully yeah. he gets a little bigger and, and you know, cause if he could tackle man, the Chargers would be in business. That'd be looking like a pretty good third round pick, but like, it seems like there's no in between with JT Woods. Like he either figures out, you know, Derek Ansley as defense coordinator helps him learn how to tackle a little bit better, you know, cause he had the, you know, the guy who's defense coordinator was part, you know, his position group coach. Yeah. So like, it, it's just hard to see. It just feels like there's no in between. Like it's either we're never going to see him on the field ever or he yeah. can get on the field and make an impact for this defense. Yep. Which version we're going to see? I don't know. We're going to find out. I mean, is it is it going to be one of those diamond in, in the rough third round picks like a, a Keenan Allen, or is it going to be one of those many many hmm. third round picks that went off into the abyss that Tom Telesco <laughs> made? So Michael we, we Davis started his career terribly, right? Yeah. Adrian Phillips started his career terribly, like we've seen guys look terrible and, and come back and, and be better and the learning curve at different positions. And, you know, just from where you're at, it changes, you know, and, and yeah. there's no specific way you're supposed to, you know, no specific timeline. If you're taking as a third round pick, it comes with more expectations. You're going to be asked to probably contribute earlier, but like, it's hard to find starters with third round picks. It, it doesn't happen all the time. Harder for Tom Telesco than it is for most, it seems like. <laughs> but either way, it'd be great to see, you know, if, if these guys can take a leap. Like, there's a couple dudes who could turn into stars on this team. And we saw it last year with some guys who made gigantic leaps. And we've seen some development under this coaching regime, right? Even if people aren't happy with the results through two years. We've seen development. We've seen guys break out with Zier White, you know, Drew Tranquil. Alohi Gilman comes to mind. Josh Kelly comes to mind, right? Josh Palmer's had developed well. 
there's a ton of development happening. Who is going to be the guy we're Trey going Pipkins. to see it from? Trey Pipkins, a great another guy I think can make a, a giant leap. He stays healthy, he gets re-signed. Obviously, we didn't use him because he's gonna be a free agent, but like he could turn into a top 10 right tackle if he could be healthy and play the way he did when he was healthy all season. That's a top 10 right tackle right there. No doubt. Sign me up forever. Sign the extension now. But that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, though, we are turning the show over to you guys. I want to get you involved. So make sure you guys call into the voicemail line if you want to get your question on the show at 323-524-7924 because we're going to be getting into some voicemails in our Chargers mailbag as well as some Twitter questions. You can hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter so you guys can get your questions in. If you give us a 30-second voicemail, if you give a good, you know, relevant question, you should make it onto the show. We try to get as many as we can as possible. And then later in the week, we'll have Tom Telesco, hopefully, and Brandon Staley's press conferences from the Combine. I have to think we're going to get some media availability there and kind of get their thoughts on everything that's happened because we haven't heard from them since all these new hires happened uh, defensively and offensively. But to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also find that show every day on our personal Twitters, which you can find for me at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrogTalkSD. You can also find the show on our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. Thank you guys again for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, you're getting draft fever, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the NFL's biggest draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers, hidden gems that could help your NFL franchise. So make sure to check that out wherever you get your podcast from, but make sure you're back here tomorrow for our fan mail Wednesday episode. But until then guys, take it easy and go bolts.